shit crank. What it do, black people? It's your girl, Jeray, and I'm back for another episode of the Melanin 360 podcast. Uh, this is kind of a bonus episode, if you will. Um, I'm recording this episode a couple of days after the Derek Chauvin verdict, about a week after the killing of Dante Wright, and maybe about 48 hours after the murder of Micaiah Bryant. Um if you've been listening to this show this season, you know I always do like a little bonus episode after something rocks our community, whether good or bad. Um, I did one after uh, Kamala Harris was um, named Biden's running mate. I did one after the um, election results. Uh, you know, so this is this is kind of my thing. Anything that's big, anything that's really on my heart to talk about, I always do a bonus episode. Um, However, with the events of the last couple of weeks, I I had to take a minute to just kind of digest these things within myself before I came on here to talk to you guys. So I didn't mean to leave you hanging, but I kind of had to um, check on myself and make sure I was okay before I came on here to talk to you all. I just didn't even have the energy to really speak on it, you know, but here I am. And before we get into it, let me just let y'all know that if you came here based on the title looking for, you know, the answer to end all of this craziness, you're not going to find it here. Okay. Um, I have my thoughts and my opinions, and I'm here to contribute my knowledge and my expertise um, and my experience here to uh to the fight but I don't I don't have all the answers I'm just as exasperated as you all are so I just kind of wanted to put that out there um but let's let's just get into it real quick so maybe you all didn't but I had a lot of anxiety leading up to the deliberations and the verdict being announced Um, I know a lot of folks that were saying, oh, don't worry about it. There's no way they won't convict him, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I couldn't say for sure. You know, my my response to that was, I hear what you're saying, but this is America, okay? And um, when I say America, I mean America is spelled with three Ks. Um, You know, like public enemy says, can't trust it. That's just point blank, period. I can't trust it. Um, So when the verdict came out on uh, this past Tuesday, I was in the kitchen. I was cutting up some vegetables. I think I was like making dinner or something like that. And um, I had the news on in the background and it came up on the screen uh, that it was a uh, guilty verdict on all charges. And I felt so many things at one time. It was crazy, right? Um, I felt relief. I felt shock, disbelief, anger sadness, all of those things kind of hit me at one time. Um, You know, I'm sure that I don't really need to explain the relief and the shock, but I'll just kind of run through the other three emotions that I felt because I feel like those might need a little bit of unpacking. Um, The disbelief. I felt disbelief because I can remember being like 10 or 11 years old and watching Rodney King be beat down like a dog in the street out in LA. And even at that young age, I I knew 
that what those officers did was wrong. And I just knew that they were going to be punished. I was like, we're looking at it. Right. Because back then, you know, video cameras was like was like, you know, new age type of stuff. Right. This stuff has been happening for years, but we've never been able to, like, capture it on video. Right. So even at like 10 years old, I was like, oh, my God, this is so wrong what they're doing to this man. But it's on video. So they're going to go to jail because if you do bad stuff, you get punished. At least that's the way I was raised. And that's how I knew the world to be at 10 years old. But that's not what happened. And how many other times since then has there been video or overwhelming evidence and these cops walk away scot-free? And so I feel like me and along with a lot of other people in America, specifically black America, we've been conditioned that cops do these things and they don't get punished for it. So when the verdict came back guilty, like I really was waiting for like Ashen. Ashton Kusher to jump out and be like oh y'all are being punk for real it was disbelief um I was angry because while I understand you know why we're chanting justice for George Floyd I, I get it and the verdict is justice but really justice would be him still being here justice would be our young men and our young women not having to worry about, um, you know, what's going to happen if I get pulled over by the cops. Justice would be parents not having to, you know, be biting their nails every time their, their teenage kids leave the house in their car or walks down the street or goes to the corner store to buy something, right? That, that would be justice, we can't keep having justice after the fact because to me, that's not really justice. You know, we have to keep black and brown bodies alive in the first damn place. That's what it means to me. You know, why, why is it that we die for the smallest of infractions, either real or perceived? You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, yeah, sometimes, you know, people do drive with, you know, expired tags or whatever the case may be. But do we have to die for that? Like, no one's saying that the law hasn't been broken or that we haven't violated some rule or whatever. That's fine. But we don't have to die for that. That is the problem. And sometimes, you know, those infractions are perceived. They're not even a real thing. You know, you think that we're doing something or you think that we might do something. Or worst case scenario, nothing at all. Like the, like the young gentleman who was walking down the street in a neighborhood in South Carolina where one of his white neighbors felt like he owned the entire neighborhood and decided to harass him, right? Wasn't doing anything at all. But, you know, there you have it. You know, white people do way worse and live to tell about it. And so that's why I was angry. Um, the sadness. I was sad for his family. I was sad for his girlfriend and particularly his baby girl, Gianna. I've talked on this podcast extensively about the pain and the suffering that happens when you lose a parent and losing a parent at any age is a horrible thing to go through. And I know what that baby girl is dealing with. However, I also recognize how lucky I was to have my parent for 32 years. She's six years old. You know, I didn't have to grieve my parent with and in front of the whole world. She does. You know, 
that little girl won't have her dad for the rest of her life. None of her recitals, her prom, her driver's license, you know, her first date, going to college, her first job, getting married, having kids, all of those milestones, she's not going to have her daddy there. And for what? For no damn reason. Because some racist-ass cop wanted to exude his authority, right? And, and uh, I guess make an example out of someone. Now her father's not here. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's, his, his life was snuffed out for no damn reason. So that's where the sadness came in from. So imagine, you know, me feeling all of those things at one time. And, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that felt that way. Um, you know... While the conviction is huge, and I pray that it sends a message to a lot of these other racist officers out here, it's not the end-all be-all. You know, the same way people tried to say, oh, we were in a post-racial society after Obama became president. Like, that don't even make sense. Just because we got one conviction, yeah, it's great that we did. I'm happy that this man will more than likely never see the light of day again because he doesn't deserve to. This is not the end. There's still so much work to do. And actually, the bigger issue it's not just, you know, it's, it's, it's not just about over-policing and biased policing in America, right? It's bigger than that. It's bigger than mass incarceration. It's about dismantling a system that has oppressed black people for hundreds of years. It's about dismantling a system that does not value human lives unless they're white. It's about disrupting the culture of a country that thought of us as only three-fifths of a person, y'all. They didn't even think we were whole people. So that's the system that allows politicians, police officers, business owners, and regular everyday white folks to feel protected. It makes them feel like, like they have the freedom to count the country as only theirs, okay? It allows them to think that they can say and do whatever they want to black folks and it'll be okay. That's what it is. So until we get rid of that, we're going to wind up in this same damn cycle. It's never going to end. You know, so like I said in the beginning of the episode, this, this, this podcast today um, isn't meant to give some great revelation on the blueprint to end racism in America. This is just me venting my frustrations and sharing my thoughts on my little corner of the Internet. And quite frankly, I'm tired of turning on the TV or logging on to social media and seeing another black person killed unnecessarily by the police or some random white person. I'm tired. I'm sick of hashtagging about it. I'm sick of podcasting about it. I'm sick of posting about it. You know, in the midst of a pandemic, I'm tired of having to make a choice between getting out there and protesting about it versus making safe choices for my health and my family. I'm just, I'm tired. Like, there's really no other way to put it. I'm just fucking tired, period. You know, and the, the only thing that I can offer you all as my listeners and as my family is to just take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. Be safe and look out for one another. Um, if you happen to see a black or brown person who's being pulled over or looks like they're being harassed, stay, okay? Stay. Keep a safe distance, but stay. 
make sure they're okay. Make sure they leave in one piece, you know, and if you can take a video because apparently that's the only way that we're going to ensure the safety of our brothers and sisters. That's the only thing that seems to intimidate these officers, you know, the fear that they're going to wind up, you know, on the 10 o'clock news somewhere because somebody whipped out a cell phone and took a picture of them, you know, um, other things you can do, you can always volunteer and donate directly with organizations. For example, um, I've been seeing a lot of things on TV about the George Floyd Memorial Foundation as well. I hear they're doing great work. I'm not endorsing them in any way. I don't know them personally, um, but I do plan to donate to them um, because I believe in what they're doing down there. And, you know, that's it. I, I don't really have much to give to you all today I just wanted to come on here and just kind of you know let out some frustrations I have another episode that's going to be coming out about the grief cycle and that episode is going to talk about how we can keep ourselves mentally and emotionally healthy during this time dealing with um dealing with not only the pandemic but just dealing with the constant police brutality that's happening to our people in the news and how it takes effect on us so you know stay tuned for that episode that'll be coming out shortly behind this one um in the meantime you know you can always find me on instagram at underscore melanin 360 you can follow me personally at i am Jeray on instagram as well you can also you know Binge listen to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts as well. Just search for the Melanin 360 Podcast. If you're listening to us on Apple, please rate and subscribe. I would love to hear what you think and your thoughts. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to sign off with a quote from the, the late great activist and mother of legendary rapper Tupac, Miss um, Afeni Shakur. And the quote says... Remember to keep yourself alive. There's nothing more important than that. And with that, I'm going to sign off, y'all. Peace.